Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Glad you are here. Glad you're joining us. We got a great guest for you. Hey, before we get there, have you checked out our new YouTube channel? Every single week, we are doing these new speech breakdowns. It's been really popular. We've really enjoyed doing them. Heard a lot of great feedback from people. But basically, we are taking really popular TED Talks or other online speeches and motivational talks and presentations, and we are walking through and just kind of doing a reaction video to them, explaining the ins and outs of what worked, what didn't work. So these are all totally free training videos. So definitely go by, check them out over on YouTube. You can find us by going over to youtube.com slash the speaker lab. Uh, we'll take you straight there. Or you can just uh, go to YouTube, search for the speaker lab, search for speech breakdown. You'll find our stuff there. So let us know what you think about it. Let us know if there's a talk or presentation that you would like for us to do a speech breakdown of as well. Also, uh, if you like what you see over there, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you like the videos, comment on the videos, and uh, that, that we really appreciate that. That helps us out. Okay, so today we got another great guest for you. We got a lot of great guests for you, but uh, today we're talking with Mike Kim, and Mike has been a friend for uh, for many, many years. And uh, Mike has created a seven step process for creating a personal brand. So we're going to walk through this. It makes an alliteration with a whole bunch of P's. So get ready for that. If you're someone who likes to take notes, then have a pen, pencil, marker, crown, lipstick, chapstick, nail polish, blood, whatever you need to use, because Mike gives some great tips here. We talk about why positioning determines so much of everything else that you do in your business. We talk about how to price yourself as a premium speaker, while still being able to negotiate and take lower price gigs. And uh, overall, this is really a great episode, whether you're a new speaker or you're a veteran speaker alike. This is really, really helpful. Mike gives a lot of good frameworks to think through here. So uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. So uh, let's get right into it. Here's my uh, conversation with Mike Kim. Enjoy. Hey there, my friends. Graham Baldwin here today, joined by my buddy, Mike Kim. And I am so excited to have this dude here. Mike is uh, one of the smartest people I know, and he's a uh, also extremely kind and handsome young man. How are you, <laughs> sir? I am great, man. Guys, I'm so glad to be here with all of you. Thanks for tuning in today. And I don't even know that you're that young of a man. No, you're, I just look young. It's my Asian genes. It is. Dude. It is. It's working for you. <laughs> well, so I, I wanted to have Mike come hang out with us today, again, because he is extremely smart, extremely intelligent when it comes to all things marketing, but also whenever it comes to personal branding. And so uh, we're going to just, just kind of talk about a framework that Mike has developed here that I think for speakers is really important to, to think through. So uh, this basically, before we get into that, uh, why don't you kind of give us a high level view of what it is that you do and kind of your background? I came from corporate marketing. So I was the CMO of a company just outside New York City for years. A real cutthroat. You know, you can only imagine how crazy it is uh, in that part of the country, the speed at which business moves. And when I took that job, Grant, one of the things that I knew right then and there was that I didn't want to be here forever. Yeah. So I had to find an out. It was a r real similar journey to yours. Like, right? Like a lot of us in this space have 
have really pursued our own businesses and building a platform and a brand around ourselves because we wanted the, the freedom and the margin to call our own shots and live our own lives and, you know, be in control of our own schedules. And so I basically took everything I knew from corporate marketing and applied it to the personal brand space because a lot of folks who step into speaking and consulting and coaching, and I work primarily in that space now, they're real successful at work. They're either mid or upper level management, sometimes in the C-suite, but they don't know how to market themselves. They're great at deliverables. They're great at running teams. They're great at casting vision. But once you go out on your own, and as you and I both know as speakers, there's a whole business side to it and a whole marketing side to it that people just don't get. So I really drew a line in the sand and put a stake in the ground in the personal branding space to help folks like this. I, I was going through it. I knew the challenges and the obstacles that were in the way. And I started a blog, started a podcast. It took off, started landing really, really big clients in the personal brand and thought leadership space, speakers, authors, coaches, consultants, worked with uh, Donald Miller from StoryBrand, mm-hmm. Suzanne Evans, you know, big time speaker on the Inc. 500 list, Catalyst Leadership, and most recently, John Maxwell. So a lot of these folks have the same struggles. They have the same challenges, believe it or not. And uh, the framework I'm going to share today, I've used with all of them. (laughs) So it works with people who are huge, quote unquote, right? And it works for people who are just starting out. And that's the beauty of it. So I'm excited to share this um, with everyone today. And you do a fair amount of speaking on your own as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I started out, I was, you know, in my job and I was building my blog and my podcast on the side. So time was at a premium for me. I couldn't take two, three days off to go do a speaking engagement. So I actually shelved speaking for a little while, but I came from a ministry background. So I was very comfortable speaking. I was very comfortable on a stage. And yet I knew at that time in my business, I had to focus on building an audience just because of the season of life that I was in. And once I built the audience, I became known as an expert who happens to speak rather than a speaker who is an expert. Right. But that was just the way my journey went. And yet, all that building of an audience positioned me, all that building of an audience got me in roads with influencers and gave me the recognition that I needed to be able to make marketing and selling my speaking services pretty, pretty straightforward. So yeah, yeah, I get it on all fronts, right? And so yeah, that's, yeah, I love it. I love speaking. Cool. Well, let's walk through this process then. So first of all, before we get into this, this is a, you kind of outlined this, these seven P's of this process, but like high level view, like what's the point of this process? Like why keep me tuned in right now? Where, where are we going with this? The, the high level, the high level you know, premise is that success is sequential. It's not simultaneous. And when we either start or are running or trying to grow a speaking business, we just kind of want everything to fall in our lap, right? And there's all these products and frameworks and marketing approaches and strategies out there. And we feel so overwhelmed. We just feel like it has to get all done at once. Boom, like fall in our lap. But my point is that you build them sequentially, right? One by one. And when you do that there, it's kind of like having grant. It's kind of like having the right digits for a phone number but not putting them in the right order. And if you don't put them in the right order, you get the wrong number. You're not dialed in. You're not dialed in. And so, and that's what I hear from a lot of people. Man, I feel like I'm doing all this. I feel like I'm doing what the experts say. I'm, I'm kind of trying to put this together and piece this together, but I'm spinning my wheels in the mud, not really getting traction. I'm like, oh, it's not really dialed in. Right. So the premise is that each of these build one on top of the other, but you got to build the first, the preceding step. Otherwise, you don't have a strong foundation. 
um, to go to the next step. And I think it'll make sense once, once I kind of get into it. So yeah, yeah let's get into it. So step one, the foundational piece that people need in order to build their personal brand, but especially as a speaker is your personal story. I mean, like people always ask that, right? Like they probably ask you a million times, what sets me apart from everybody else? Everyone's got a similar message and yeah. like, no, no, you've got a message. You've got a message, but it's tailored to your personal story. That is the biggest, most unique selling proposition that any of us have, especially if we're not Oprah <laughs> or Ellen or right. Tony Rock. At that level, they're so big that no one really, really cares about their personal story anymore, right? We don't really need to hear Tony Robbins personal story because he's so established in the marketplace. But when he started, that's what people don't understand. When that dude started, he was telling his story all the time. When Oprah started, she was telling her story all the time. Ellen, any other big name thought leader. So one of the examples I always give is like, you know, years ago I was, I was um, coaching this executive and she wanted to become an executive coach and a speaker. Super successful in her job. And she was like, I don't know how to market myself. And I was like, oh, all you have to do is tell your story. She's like, no way. No one wants to hear my story. <laughs> and here's the story in a nutshell. She got into coaching and wanted to speak on coaching and executive leadership because as she was in the corporate space, she and her husband had a miscarriage. Hmm. And she couldn't cope with it. She did not want to go to a counselor because she felt like it would mean something's wrong with her. And she also right. wanted to protect her status you know, in the company. Sure. Didn't want to be seen like having cracks in the army or whatever. And sh someone recommended she hire a coach. And this completely transformed her life and her marriage. And she was able to move past it. And that was the inspiration for her wanting to become a speaker and a coach. Well, you compare that story with somebody else who says, I am a speaker and you should hire me because I can help transform your company. So vanilla, so boring. There's no personal pizzazz. There's no draw to it. Oftentimes I say that people hire me for marketing because they think marketing leads to more money. And that's true. But I'm like, there's another word that precedes marketing it has to come before that. And that's the movement that you want to start. So movement makes marketing easier, which then makes making money much easier. And what I was saying to this lady was like, what's the movement you're trying to start? It's birthed in and couched in your personal story. And even that example right there, you'd be drawn to that lady, especially if you had some sort of trauma or devastating loss in your life. That's going to pull people in. So the personal story is absolutely the first step. So from a speaking perspective, if she wants to speak to coaches or speak to about coaching to executive leaders and she wants to help transform companies this way, and here's this like personal anecdote or this personal story of something that I have experienced, how does she tie that into her, and I want to put the cart before the horse here, but like how does she tie that into her branding or her story? Because there's like an element of, I want to bring my story into this. And then from the other side of it is the audience is going like, I don't necessarily care about your story. I want to know how it applies to me. I'm sorry that you had a miscarriage. I'm sorry that you had this experience. I'm sorry that you had this tragedy, but that doesn't, I, I haven't had that or I had, that doesn't apply to me or, right. you know, I, what does that mean in my world though, right? So the yeah. audience is always wondering what's in it for me. How does that personal story overlap with the audience's need for like, I just care about myself, so I'm going to like actually like slice that, like, you know, like a, like a slice a piece of that off and say that the personal story goes on to her website and goes on to her about page because the website and the about page are for the event coordinator. Yeah. They're not for the audience. If you, if you really think about that, who, everything I'm sharing for you guys listening in today is to get you the gig. 
Totally. Once you get the gig, you can say whatever you want on stage, right? <laughs> so you're re- you don't have to share it. She, I told her you don't have to share that story on stage. Yeah. If you have a talk where that makes sense to include, totally cool. But if not, like that's not my job. You go hire Grant to <laughs> <laughs> teach you how to how to how to craft your talk on stage. I'm going to show you how to market yourself so that that event coordinator feels pulled in. That event coordinator feels like you might be a good fit for their audience or for their uh, event. And so that really leads into the second step, which is your platform. And we hear a lot about building a platform or a blog or an online presence or a podcast or whatever. And so many people want to go do that. And then the first thing they say is, I don't know what to say on my platform or my podcast or my blog. And I'm like, well, share your personal story. Mm-hmm. You share your story and boom, now you got an about page. Boom, now you have a speaking page. Boom, now you can answer the question as to why I'm so passionate about coaching and executive leadership or whatever. And you have, you Grant, you've held conferences. I've done the same. That's what I look for when I look for a speaker. I want to know what really, really drives it. I don't want just a clean, polished, killer talk. I want to feel like this person's spirit, their story, who they are can really resonate with me because then if it does, then I can pitch that to my audience, right? Right, right? So that's a great delineation for all you guys tuning in. Your story doesn't have to be your talk. Your story's just there to help you get the gig and to help you connect emotionally with the yeah. people who are, or, or who are um, putting the events together. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, su- that's very, very important. That's one thing we've touched on a few times on the show is that there's a big difference between the, the decision maker and the audience. And so, you know, for many people who know that like when I got started speaking, I was doing a lot speaking to high school students, but it wasn't a high school student. It was actually booking me. It was a, you know, a principal or a counselor or a state director for some, you know, conference or association uh, that was the one that was actually hiring me. So I needed to make sure that my website and my marketing materials was speaking to that 45-year-old principal and not yep. to the 17-year-old student. So they're just oh, two totally. totally different people. So you want to make sure that your marketing stuff is speaking to the person that's actually signing the check and making the decision about whether or not to hire you. Yeah, absolutely. And every other step we're talking about today is going to be geared towards that decision maker. Absolutely true. Absolutely. So when you when you mentioned platform, platform we is kind of a, a term that's thrown around a lot. And so are we talking about a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel or a whatever it may be, like some form of content that you're providing? Or what what do you mean by by platform? I mean any and all of those things, but you've got to decide what works best for your niche and your audience. For example, I'm pretty sure a high school principal isn't going to be tuning into a podcast. They're yeah. too busy right? So how are they going to find you? I'd probably think just do a quick optimization of your LinkedIn page and get a real clean landing page as a website, right? So that when they go to the website and they get a referral and they can read your page, like boom, 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 they can see what you're all about. The message is geared towards them and boom, you're set, right? Now, if you're speaking, we, we, you and I have a lot of mutual friends in the space and you know, some folks might specialize in YouTube and they want to speak on YouTube, well, they better have a YouTube channel. They better have a body of work built on that channel. And still, their marketing message has to be geared towards the event coordinator. Hey, Grant, it's Amy. I'm a big YouTuber. I would love to come speak at your event about YouTube. And if you go on her site and she doesn't have a YouTube channel, I mean, you're probably not going to wade through all their videos. You just want to see that there's a body of work and there's some authority. So all that stuff goes hand in hand. For speakers in the corporate space, I just say, just have your LinkedIn pretty cleaned up. You don't have to be super active, mm-hmm. but have it dialed in 
Don't make those mistakes where you leave no headshot and stuff like that. It just looks really unprofessional. And get a quick landing page set up with that has your personal story, just has some copy, has some referrals and or testimonials and kind of clues you in onto the topic that you're most passionate speaking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then the event coordinator can see this is a fit. So yeah, totally. Gotcha. So your platform is going to be your website, your social media presence, and just making sure that you're clearly communicating your story through those, those various channels. Yeah. Where's the one place that I need to go to figure out more about you? Got it. Where's the one place I, I can go to tell my board or my team that I want XYZ speaker and check out this page? Got She's it. great. That's it. That's your platform. All right. So we've got personal story. We've got platform. What's number three? Positioning. This is so important. You and I both know this from a marketing standpoint. Positioning. I love the story that uh, our friend Ken Davis shared once um, when he first started speaking. It was kind of a a small event and some business guys walked up to him and said, I'd love to have you speak to our company. What's your fee? And he said something like $3,000 or something real paltry. and, And the guy said to him, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. We only hire professionals. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all positioning, right? It's not just about how much money you charge. It's about who you want to speak to. So if this lady, for example, wants to speak to a corporate audience, but everything on her platform is her in PJs and she's not cleaned up and she, you know, her, her, her fonts are like comic sans and she has like unicorns on her website. Like there's a disconnect there. Yeah. I often say that there's a big difference between Walmart and Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. Both companies make a ton of money. They just make it in very different ways. Yeah. Walmart, mass audience, low prices, bargain basement shoppers make a ton of money through volume. Louis Vuitton, exclusive. They don't even know what the word discount means. Right. The word sale is not in their vocabulary. And they make their money through exclusive high-end goods to a very, very limited audience, limited customer base. My point is that if you're going to be a speaker, chances are you don't have a team of 50 people in your company, unless you are John Maxwell, right? Or unless you are one of these other big speakers. But even to that end, it's grown to that size because of the positioning. So I often tell speakers, I'm like, position yourself towards the high end of the market so that you can get more per keynote, so that you can sell more premium courses. Yeah. Because if you don't draw that line in the sand early, it's really hard to elevate your positioning later. That's one thing that I knew from my corporate days because yeah. I worked for a company where we, we really sold a premium product and every time they wanted to bargain basement or, or discount something, I was like, nope, it's more important not to give an inch on our positioning than it is to get the revenue and the quick hit of money that we would get. Right. So when I started out, I was like, no, this is how much it costs. I don't care if you hire me or not. This is how much it costs. And that season can be very, very sensitive for a lot of folks even listening in right now. Is if you're like kind of straddling the line between a day job and trying to trying to really grow this thing as a side hustle, I totally understand where you're coming from. And Grant, this is my mentality. My job allows me to say no to bargain basement offers. Right. And so I just held fast. And the offers I did take, even if I wasn't paid, at least increased my positioning. I've mm-hmm. spoken at social media marketing world. They don't pay any of their speakers. But dude, I would say yes to that because it grows your positioning. 
Right. And so I just looked for opportunities like that. Podcast movement when I first started out was totally, they didn't pay any of the speakers, right? right? I was like, yeah, I'll pay my own way. I'll speak for free there because the social media exposure will be really good for me and get right. me in, in front of a lot of eyeballs. So there, there's all of that. But the positioning is super important. Are you Louis Vuitton or are you Walmart? And you got to yeah. decide now. Interesting. All right. Let's keep them for sake of time. Let's keep cruising on here. So we got personal story, platform, positioning, and then... Right. When, now when you have your positioning and you know what you're all about, your product becomes really easy to figure out. Yeah. And my product for us talking as speakers is our, our, our speaking, right. our keynotes and or courses that we build off of those keynotes, right? Or masterminds that we might hold based on the theme of those keynotes. But so many people, dude, I'm sure people have come to you and be like, hey, I don't know what kind of product to build. I don't know what kind of product to launch, right? And you're like, well, who do you want to reach? I don't really know. Just anyone who will pay me money. Yeah, right, That's a positioning right. problem. It's not a product problem. Exactly. But once you have your positioning, you know exactly what kind of product. So you can go into a school district and say, hey, I'm going to speak at this assembly that brings together three of the middle schools and I want this amount of money. And if you're going to come in like for 200 bucks, like they're going to think you're Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live. Like I'm a motivational speaker <laughs> in the van down by the river, right? But if you're clear on your positioning, it makes your product really easy to offer. Yeah. So for all you listening in, your product right now can be a service and your service is your, your speaking right. uh, and then any back of the room stuff. So we don't have to spend too much time there because there's so many people and Grant's going to help you, you know, decipher your product and your keynote, but that's where that falls in. You don't just say, I'm going to be a speaker. I need a product. Right. You got to figure out your personal story, your platform, your positioning, and then at least your product. Right. And I just want to echo that because that's, that's one of the things that we work with a lot of our students on is, is people who say, I just, I like speaking. Speaking is a lot of fun. And so if someone were to ask, you know, what do you speak about? And their response is, what do you want me to speak about? Like, that's the wrong response. Like you have to be really, really clear. And once you're clear on here's who I speak to, and this is, this is the problem that I solve, then everything else becomes much simpler. So it is truly like you kind of mentioned before, is this kind of like this foundation. So if you're building a house, if you get the foundation right, then the rest of the house kind of squares itself up. Up, but if you screw up the foundation, then it really go, goes off the rails from the beginning. But take the time. And this part's hard too, because yeah. oftentimes we just want to fast forward to, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. My, I just want to get to speaking. Like, no, no, no. Like, don't rush through this process. Because again, if you get this part right, then everything else not only becomes simpler, but also the results come easier. Oh, yeah. I mean, pe people, they want to talk about curtains and wallpaper. And right. Grant and I are saying, yo, you got to build studs and foundation, man. You got to right. get this. That's the long game. We've been in it for years now. And right. the people who fizzle out, the people who flake out are the ones who haven't built that foundation, right? So boom, you got your product number four and there are seven of these steps. That leads you really, really easily into step five, which is your pricing. So I'm sure that's another question that some of you guys tuning in are, how much do I charge? How much do I... Right. Well, Louis Vuitton never asks them that, themselves that question. They know because their positioning is rock solid. Yeah. Right. And Walmart, they don't, you can't buy anything for a thousand dollars at Walmart. Like seriously, like it's just, they don't have anything that that's that much money at Walmart because their positioning is clear. So you got your position, you got your product, then it makes it really easy to determine the price of that product. Now, if you have an online course and you're charging $25,000 per keynote or $10,000 per keynote, and that those numbers might sound crazy, to some of you tuning in right now, but I can tell you, Grant can tell you, that is not out of this world. It's very, very normal, right? But if you have a product at the back of the room that's priced at $9, 
right? Yeah. And it's not a book, dude, something is wrong. Lady, right. something is wrong. You don't charge a premium online course and you just charge peanuts for it. It hurts your positioning. So the pricing really comes into play. And I can just speak from experience. These brands that I've worked with, because I've been really intentional about maintaining all those previous steps, whenever I've proposed my fee, they've always said, okay, it's not a question because right. I've branded. That's what we're talking about, branding. I've branded myself in alignment with all those previous steps. So the pricing is there and uh, that just makes, it just takes all the weight off your shoulders, right? Right, right. Yeah. So we've got a personal story, platform, positioning, product, pricing, and what's next? Pitch. The pitch is your sales pitch. And in my world, I come from a copywriting background in marketing. That's my strength in marketing. I write well. Yeah. I can write to sell. I can write to clarify the message of a brand. So a lot of people will say like, what do I say on my website? How do I sell it? Well, it becomes really easy if you're Louis Vuitton, right? You come up with some artsy, like really exquisite right. lingo, right? Like one of the ads that I often use as an example in my keynotes is like, Grant, there's this uh, picture of an African safari and this like probably like $6,000 handbag and like this $3,000 watch. And they're like these buffalo ro roaming in the background. And the headline said, sometimes home is just a feeling. And you're like, that is such a Louis Vuitton copywriting, <laughs> ad, right? Like, and it's like all benefits from the bag will go to proceeds to help the Safari Wildlife Foundation. That's what they were doing. Yeah. And you go to a Walmart ad, it says big savings, huge discounts. Yeah. Right. And what I do in the presentation is I actually swap out the copy from Walmart and put it on the Louis Vuitton ad. And everybody laughs because right. it's so misaligned. Right. Like uh, it's like cognitive dissonance. You're like, like syntax right. error. I don't know what to do, but that's what a lot of our brains look like. And we try to write the copy in a way that's maybe premium. And we take some courses out there, a lot, a lot of good ones, but your positioning is not lined up. Your product isn't lined up. Your price isn't lined up. And you're trying to make up for all of those pieces that aren't built previously in your sales copy. And people are like, dude, you're just faking it. Right. There's a misalignment. So number six is the pitch right? But when you have all that lined up, super easy to write those sales messages, super easy to write those emails. In my brand, the way I talk to my email list, I do not write like I am a, a, an 11-year-old kid. I don't put like emojis in my email messages, right? It's like yeah. off-brand. There, there are three sub-identities to every brand. I'm, not, I'm kind of getting in the weeds here, but I want to use this as an example and all of these are important. There's a verbal identity, which is how you talk. And that's what we're talking about right now, your copywriting. Mm -hmm. There's a visual identity, which is how you look, your photos, your website. And then there's the value identity, which is your positioning. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And so what is your verbal identity? Do you sound educated? Do you sound, is it more like corporate or are you kind of a down to earth person in I know a lot of very successful speakers that talk like that, even in their marketing message. Suzanne yeah. Evans is one of them. She says, hell yeah, all the time, right? right. And so on her opt-ins, I, I wrote like, you opted in, hell yeah, I'm so glad you opted in, right? right? So it's really just, but that's all tied to all the previous steps. So um, be really careful about how you're talking, keep it consistent, and keep it on brand. And then that leads to step number seven. This is the, the final step. Hang on, let me right. jump in okay. for a second. Okay. Yeah, All right, yeah. so, so you mentioned there, like from a, a, a pricing and a product standpoint, and even from the, the pitch, that instead of trying to do 
you know, use Walmart's copy on Louis Vuitton's ads, that that's not going to work. So it sounds like it's not necessarily good or bad to be Walmart or Louis Vuitton, but you can't be both. And so you have to choose which one you're going to be. So one of the things I'm curious about is from a, like just a, a, a monthly revenue, I need to make money and I need to eat and live indoors. And I've decided to position myself as the Louis Vuitton and my bags aren't selling. Mm-hmm. And I still need to, and I know that like, if I, if I become Walmart, that I can sell more bags. So is that a, is that come all the way back to your position wrong in the first place? Or no, that's a great point. I'm glad we, we touched on this. Okay. So I'm going to give you another fashion example. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, I know nothing about fashion. But right. Right. Uh, so I have this friend, she lives out in London and she's a designer of handbags for Burberry, another okay. high-end fashion line. Right. I've heard of them. Yep. And yep. And so we're hanging out and I'm like, you know, we're talking marketing and business. And she goes, you know, what's you know, what's interesting. Most people don't know this. The biggest revenue generator for Burberry are the $300 handbags. It's not the $3,000 handbag. It's not the $1,000 scarf. It's the $300 handbag. And I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense to me though. Because when the Burberry positions themselves as the $3,000 handbag, yeah. so when they have a lower tier product, it's much easier to sell, but it's easier to sell because the positioning is still upscale. Right. And people feel like they're getting a deal right? So if you notice, even a lot of our friends in the online space, a lot of other friends, anyone who's successful at selling lower tier products is still positioned. They still are positioned as a high-end brand. Yeah. Right? So when I, like after two, three years, I was like, you know what? I want to, I want something that's going to serve that middle market or the lower market, lower tier market. When I put out a membership site for $30 a month, people jumped on it like piranhas in water. Yeah. Right. And they were, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can get um, a little bit of Mike for this small amount of money. Yeah. I still had the $3,000, you know, event or the copywriting contract that was much more than that. But the strength of that came from the premium positioning and made selling those products so much easier. So what I'm saying is don't position yourself bargain basement from the beginning because it's going to be really, really difficult to elevate the positioning leader. Could you imagine Walmart saying, we now have Walmart plus. <laughs> People would laugh their heads off at them. Right, right? Right. You're trying to be Target. Right. You're trying to be Target, right? And you think right. about how people mimic that, Target. Right. It's like Walmart upscale. Right. Right. So you, they can't elevate that positioning. So Walmart's got to continue to sell through volume. Right. And that, that would be my answer to that. You still have to position yourself high it'll make selling the medium to lower tier products much, much easier. Got it. All right. So we've got personal story, platform, positioning, product, price, pitch, and last but not least, partners. Partners. Right? So this is huge, right? People say, oh, I don't know why. I don't know why Mike doesn't want to partner with me. I don't know why Mike doesn't promote myself because I don't believe you. Yeah. Like as a brand, I can't even trust you. Like I'm going onto your landing page. You want me to promote this product and you're telling everybody you're going to charge $2,000 for a workshop and you have Comic Sans font on your landing page yeah. and there's just total misalignment. You know, I've seen that happen. Like, I mean, let's just be honest. I'm on this podcast even right now with Grant. You know, you're tuning in. How did Mike get on Grant's show? It's because somewhere intuitively and subconsciously, Grant was like, I think Mike knows what he's actually doing. Sure. Like he's somebody that I would be proud to share with my audience and vice versa. Right, right. 
And when you have all that stuff lined up, personal story, but you just got your junk together. That's what the kids would say nowadays, right? <laughs> but from a legit like business standpoint, like somebody just rolls into your inbox out of nowhere and says, hey, can I partner with you? And you're going to scope them out. Like, first, I've never even heard of you. Second, when I check out your website, there's nothing there for me. Like, yeah. sorry. Like, I'm not going to give you a hand like up. Right. right. I want to like my audience is used to a certain caliber and pedigree of people. And that's how who I'm going to bring your way. And so if you're tuning in right now and you're finding it really hard to find partners, I want to encourage you to take a real hard look at the previous six steps. When you have the, all that stuff aligned, you find partners who can exponentially boom at a snap of a finger or the click of an email send button, get you in front of an audience of tens of thousands of people. In even a, a single interview like this, I'm boom, in front of thousands and thousands of people now. And we all think that we need that when we start out. No, 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 no. It's a result of doing the hard work of building this stuff up step by step by step. And the end result is, you know, it's another P, I guess, but it's just profit. You have a profitable and you have a very powerful personal brand when you have right. all these seven steps built up. So yeah, personal story, platform, positioning, product, price, pitch, partners, boom. Now you got a powerful, profitable personal brand and it's going to work in the speaking space. It'll work in anything that you want to do when you build a business around your own ideas and your thoughts. So let's zoom out for a second because you, you look at all this process, you look at this whole process and it makes sense. And at the same time, like we want to get to the result, those new piece that you just made up there, the profit part, the powerful part, we want to get to that part as soon as possible. And we want to be able to fast forward or shortcut or microwave this process as much as possible. So what would you say to that, that speaker who's maybe they're getting started? I know my personal story is I know kind of fuzzy a couple of these ideas here, but I want to get to the profitable part. I want to get to the powerful part as soon as possible. And the reality is, is like a lot of this just takes time. It's not, you know, that, what is it? Rome wasn't built in a day or wasn't built overnight and it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. So how do you keep a long-term perspective while you're building this profitable, powerful personal brand? I think it's just laser focus. And you said it before, Grant, you were like talking about how, well, what do you speak on? I speak on whatever you want. Yeah. So I've coached a couple of marketers through this. Now, I'm going to say that out again. I coached a bunch of marketers through this. You would think that marketers would know how to market themselves. And again, it's a challenge. So if you're struggling with this, don't feel bad. Even the folks that I've coached in my mastermind group who are all full-time marketers, they struggle with this. And this is what I did with them. I was like, okay, you want to be a speaker in the marketing space? We got to niche down on one thing. Yeah. Right. One thing. So I had a girl named Lauren Davis. She's killer. Brilliant. Owns a record store. All these really cool things about her personal brand, personal story. But I was like, you're awesome at Instagram. I want you to live and die on that hill for one year. Yeah. So let's create a bio that ties into Instagram. Let's tie into uh, a lead magnet about Instagram for personal brand businesses. And I want you to craft a podcast interview and we're going to walk through literally, what, what's, what am I going to talk about the, on the podcast interview? Your lead magnet. You see, it's all sequential. Right. And we literally scripted that podcast interview based on her lead magnet, came onto my podcast and now there's message clarity. And now I can go and tell her, hey, go, go pitch yourself to five other podcasts and tell them you were on my show. Yeah, Because now you're going to have some authority there. And she's just exploded. Yeah. Now, that took just a few weeks. It didn't take a few years. But if you really think about what we did there, 
we did all these seven steps in a really, really microwave, like really quick way. Yeah. And now she's been on a few podcasts and she has a list, a small list, but a list. Yeah. And now how do I monetize this? How do I get in front of an audience? Great. Invite the people on your list to a webinar and on the webinar, I don't have a product. Sell an hour of coaching for 200 bucks. What's the harm? Right. So even right there, I can't get on a stage. You have that list. And then she has that Zoom call and that Zoom recording, puts it out on social media or whatever. It has some testimonials come in. It's going to make getting a speaking engagement so much easier. Right. And here's the thing. I can call the people that I know who, who are running. I can call you or I can call Jeff Goins or I can call Stelzner at Social Media Marketing. Where I'm like, dude, you should have this girl speak and do a workshop. Right. She's got some goods. And it was just a super fast version of that. So... My answer to that would be listen to Grant <laughs> when he tells you to niche down and just focus on one message. Because when you have that clarity, it is like, you know, you got the, you got the sunshine out in the, in the regular day, but you put a magnifying glass under it. You got this really powerful laser beam. And there's a lot that your coaches and your mentors and your connections can do for you when you have that kind of focus. Yeah. Right. Very well said. So, Mike, if uh, people want to find out more about you, uh, where can we go? I love Instagram right now. So you can find me on Mike Kim TV. Um, that's my Instagram handle. I answer like every DM. It's just so fun. I'm addicted to it. But uh, <laughs> if you want some of my business content, just go to MikeKim.com forward slash grant. And I'm going to have a lot of stuff for you guys as listeners of the Speaker Lab podcast, uh, some resources. I'm going to recap all these seven steps for you. A bunch of free resources there that'll help you really just grow a pro- powerful, profitable personal brand. That's what I want to help. You, Perfect, you man. So, I'm glad yeah. we could help you come up with some of those more more P's there and some of that, uh, yeah. some of that language you can keep using. Boom. I'm going to copyright the P's. That's what <laughs> I'll do. <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, man. All right. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Mike Kim. Again, great stuff, Jared. Just walking through that, uh, that seven-step process. So you've got the personal story, the platform, positioning, the product, the price, the pitch, and the partners. So great stuff there from Mike. Hey, like I mentioned at the beginning, you definitely need to check out our new YouTube channel where we are teaching you exactly how to give a great presentation. We're taking some of the more popular speeches, presentations, TED Talks that are online and uh, doing breakdowns of those, showing you the ins and outs of what worked, what didn't work, and how you can apply those tips and strategies to your next presentation. So definitely stop by, check it out. Go to youtube.com slash the speaker lab. Again, youtube.com slash the speaker lab, or you can just go to YouTube and search for the speaker lab or search for speech breakdown and uh, you'll find us there. Hey, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you being here and uh, looking forward to continually serving you and helping you build and grow your speaking business in this new year. Catch you next time. You're awesome.